Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. I hope you enjoyed our trunk or tree last night. Man, that thing was wicked awesome. We had a good time, loads of people. It really was a blast. I, I really had a good time. Um, I, you know what I was really surprised at? And I know baby boomers, we have a lot of, we can poo-poo the younger generation a little bit. And I, I was really impressed with millennial dads last night. I mean, yeah, let's give it up for millennials. We're always busting on them. I'm like, give them a friggin' break, you know? Because they were dressed up. Baby boomer got dads are usually like, nom, 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 nom. but you know, the young millennial dads are dressed up, looking like they're, you know, all kinds of things. So I, I just want to salute you dads if you were out there and you were dressed up. Hey, I'm excited about today because we're talking about noise. We're talking about din. It may not be a word that you normally use in your vocabulary, but din is this. It's the noise of the environment that affects our hearing, our thinking, our communicating, our resting. It's trying to watch a football game while a two-year-old's running around. It's the arguing at work. It's the political news. It's Fox News or CNN, it's all that noise, that din that goes on around us. And, and if it hasn't happened to you already, it will happen that it's going to drop into your soul. It, it moves from the auditory and it moves into the soul. And for every single one of us, the noise begins to get inside of us. Um, and as, as much as this may be a burden on our ears, it becomes much more to our soul. And that's why I kind of create a little acronym out of this DIN word, that it is disturbing internal noise. Wavelengths turn into something like um, fear. Video turns into something like anxiety. Gossip turns into confusion. There's unrest. And then there becomes this inside of us, a deafness to good things. Have you ever had that happen where God can be doing a million good things around your life and you just can't hear it because the noise of, of one thing is making so much noise? This one issue in your life, this one issue in the world just keeps you from being happy, keeps you from being at peace. And this din just robs you of what God's doing around you. One of the most powerful noises you'll ever hear will be the power of a rumble. The rumble is quite a noise, isn't it? I mean, when you hear a rumble like this, you begin to think earthquake, I'm not exactly sure. You're thinking um, thunder, maybe it's a C-17 or a flock of C-17s flying over. Um, maybe there's some sort of war going on on the peninsula or, 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 or something, but there's something about the power of a, rum, a rumble. That's my, meta, my Jedi mind trick. I can control noises just like that. You know, um, there's something about a rumble that is a unique noise that disturbs us. And we are in a moment of rumble. Over the next week, and I don't have to be too prophetic to say this, but over the next week, probably for the next six months, we are going to move into a new noise for us, and that is going to be the noise of the rumble. We're gonna to begin to hear a lot of things, a lot of rumbling that we're not exactly sure what it is. We don't know if it's them or it's us. We don't know if it's good or if it's bad, but there will be a lot of rumbling that will be taking place over the next week. You know, a lot of times when I teach, God inspires me to to teach an idea and to pretty much target you with that idea. 
because he loves you and he wants you to kind of enhance your life. And so um, a lot of times I'll know what that target is. Oh, we're going to make better marriages today. We're going to make better moms and dads. We're going to make better citizens or whatever. And then there are sometimes I'll know the kind of person that I'll be targeting, you know? It's like, uh, you know, because I'm a pastor, I know people. I know this is going to ruffle their feathers, or, but God may want to speak to them. But then there are times like today when I'm not exactly sure how this is going to apply to your life. Now, that doesn't mean it's not inspired by God. It just means that I haven't been given insight on how God personally wants to speak to you today. That means that you're going to have to be involved and instead of just like you can hear me, like if I was to talk about marriages today, well, if you're single, you would turn me off. You know, if, um, if I was going to talk about raising four-year-olds, well, if you don't have a four-year-old, you might just kind of, kind of say, well, okay, this is time for me to turn on my, my phone and I'll just surf while he's talking. But today, you will need to be engaged because God will want to speak to every single one of us. He'll want to communicate to every one of us about something that's going on in our lives, about rumble. I'm just going to be the fiddle player. You're going to determine what kind of dance it is that you're going to dance. See, for you, it may be something about your marriage that God's talking, some rumbling that's going on. It may be about the election. It may be about your attitude. It may be about your uh, social conflict. It may be about rumblings going on in your faith. It may be rumblings about what you think about the future. It could be all those things. God hasn't told me what it is for you. I do, I do know it's not this. Please do not listen today and think that I'm making some sort of covert statement about a particular political party. If you listen that way, then your bandwidth is too small. You're, I mean, th th your worldview is way too small if you think I'm going to use the pulpit to, to do that. So that's not what this is about. So don't let your brain kind of go into this whole rabbit hole on this issue. But I do know this. Today, we'll speak to every single one of you about how you will respond to noise in your soul. And that we particularly need to listen today because this week is going to start a rumble that will reverberate through the United States for months to come. Matter of fact, Lowe's and Home Depot in the, in the uh, District of Columbia and other major cities have sold out of plywood because regardless of who wins the election, major cities are expecting rioting to take place. So we are about to enter into a moment of rumbling but you will determine how you'll respond to it. So give God permission to speak this message into your life because it may be about your marriage. It may be about, about your kids or about um, how you're living your life. So before we get into our story, I want to look at an earth science illustration to see what a rumble can produce because here's the thing. Whenever there's a rumble, something happened. Now, we may not be able to always understand it, but whenever a rumble occurs, something has shifted. Something has moved. And rumbles produce something. And I think if we look at this earth science illustration, it will help us visualize what God is trying to say to us individually. So today we're going to talk about the phenomenons of sinkholes. Sinkholes are really cool. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity to see a sinkhole, but you see them in the news. Here's one that happened in Japan. 
I mean, can you imagine driving down the road and all of a sudden a little bit of a rumble goes on and boom, the bottom drops out and you find yourself in this situation. Here's a, a, a crazier one. This happened in Guatemala in 2010. And, and this is city block. I mean, this thing just opened up. And, and here's another view of it that shows you this isn't just a little hole. This is 500 feet deep. Could you imagine you're just out there, you know, you're riding your bike to work and, and all of a sudden a little bit of rumble occurs and, and that thing opens up underneath your feet? You can only imagine the shock of driving like this person in L.A. when this sinkhole just opened up and they found themselves, uh, 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 you know, just sitting in a sinkhole. Or this guy, this is even crazier. He went to sleep one night and when he woke up the following morning, he pushed his bed away and that sinkhole had developed under him while he was sleeping. I mean, that is absolutely insane. And they happen for all kinds of various reasons. Subterranean gas movement, erosion, mining, some of it's natural, some of it's caused by humans, but, but sinkholes happen around us. The worst sinkhole I could possibly imagine, and if you'll just kind of go with me on this, is the one that, when I looked at all these sinkhole pictures, it brought my mind immediately to the return of the Jedi. Okay, and the reason why this one was, you remember when Luke gets captured by Jabba the Hutt on the northern sea of, uh, I think it's the, uh, the northern dune sea, and, and then he gets brought out to what's called the Sarlacc pit. Okay, and this is not just a hole. This is a hole with life in it. I mean, with intentionality in it. It's got purpose in it. It's, it wants to devour. The sinkhole in Japan just opened up, um, but this one actually has, has a will about it. It has a, a purpose and an intentionality about it. And this living sinkhole was called the Sarlacc. And it's one thing to fall into a hole, but it's another one to fall into one that is alive. I would think that the experience would be totally different. But that exactly leads us to our living sinkhole story today and where we are as individuals as well as a culture. And we're going to use a story that comes to us from scripture about a living sinkhole and how we deal with noise. So Israel has left Egypt and is traveling through the desert. And under Moses' leadership, God's doing some great things. There, there's, uh, there's some wars they have to fight. There's some difficulties. They, 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 God does miracles. He provides leadership through Moses, provision. He gives them insight in how to live their lives. But they get to that point when things begin to get tough, when a lot of disappointment occurs. You know what that's like. Or when failure happens, you know what that's like, and, or animosity, or anger within the camp. And that rumbling begins to start, and it begins to be heard in people. So today I want to use this story about Israel and this rumbling that takes place within them as an analogy as of you as a person. So you're Israel, you're you're the child of God, you're the, you're, and you're going to represent Israel and how you respond to rumblings, noises, disappointment, failure, anger. And I want you to see yourself represented in this story because there's going to be these opposing voices. And every one of us have opposing voices. All of us do. These oppositional voices to we should do this, we don't do that. You know, it's kind of... 
every one of us have it. And there's going to be two voices that are going to speak in this story. It's going to be the voice of Moses, who is the prophet of God, the leader of uh, kind of representing God to, to the Israelites. And then there's this other gentleman named Korah. Now, these two are going to oppose each other. These two voices are going to face off. And in the next week, you're going to find out that in one nation, we're going to have a face-off. You're going to find out in your own personal life that when you experience difficulty, disappointment, failure, anger, whatever it is, that you too have two voices that are going to speak. And I think Moses and Korah represent these voices the best. They really illustrate the battle that goes on inside every single one of us. There's not a person here that is immune to this. So, in a desert of earth, not tattooing, some of the people of Israel feeling hopeless, resentful for their hardships that they're experiencing. And God doesn't seem to be fixing them all fast enough for them. And we know what that's about. So number 16 starts up, now Korah, the son of Izar and son, son of Kohath, son of Levi and Dathan and uh, Abiram took men and they rose up before or against Moses with a number of people of, of Israel, 250 chiefs of the congregation chosen from the assembly, well-known men. Everybody that knows how everything should be run, how the country should be run, how your marriage should be run, how you should handle your kids, how school should be done, how everything should be. And they all these, these excellent people rose up with Korah and they approached Moses and they assembled themselves against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far, for all in the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? See, Korah's got all these people together, and it's like, well, you know, there's, there's not just the Moses voice. What about our voice? What about my feelings? What about my hurts? What about my anxieties? What about my pains? We're good people. You know, so they, they rise up against Moses and they said, you have gone too far. And, and the reason why this happened is because Korah is sick of following Moses. It's like, I hate listening to this voice. I would have done this better. I would have, I would have, I would have gotten this out faster. I would have gotten this to the promised land quicker. Korah is sick of following Moses' version of God. So they rise up against Moses in a coup. Again, this is not about any political party or anything like that. Shove that out of your mind. This is about you. This is about the voices that are within us. The voices that we have to decide, should I take care of this or am I gonna trust God to take care of this? Am I gonna listen to this part of my voice or am I gonna listen to this other voice in my life? And when Moses heard it, he fell on his face and he said to Korah and all his company, he said, in the morning, the Lord will show who is his and who is holy and who, and will bring him near to him. And he says, you have gone too far, sons of Levi. 
Therefore, it is against the Lord that you and all your company have gathered together. What is Aaron that you grumble or rumble against him? Then Korah assembled all the congregation against them at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, say to the congregation, get away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and uh, Abraham, or whatever his name is. And then Moses rose and went to Dathan and the other guy, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spoke to the congregation saying, please depart from the tents of these wicked men. Now look at that. Okay, before you get all like, I can't believe God's about to do this. I can't believe God, I thought he's a God of love. Before, I can't believe I, you know, this is one of these Old Testament stories. God's really, listen to what God inspires Moses to do. It says that Moses went to the tent of the people and said, please depart from their tents. I don't wanna kill anybody. I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. It's not my desire. I want to give you an opportunity to stop listening to the negative voices that are going on. Stop being influenced and come out of their tent. Come out and start listening to what I have promised you. And he warns them and he says, come out from these wicked men and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be swept away with all their sins. So they got away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and the other guy. And Dathan and that dude came out and stood at the door of their tents together with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. I didn't mention this in the first service, but I'll mention it here, is that we have kids involved in this story. And whenever we have kids involved in a death story of the Old Testament, we really get kind of, you know, like I can't believe a good God kind of thing. No, I want you to know this, is that whatever rumble you serve as a family, it'll suck your whole family down. Okay, you think, mom, you can just have a bad attitude, but your little girl's gonna grow up pristine and perfect and all this other stuff? Don't worry. Your rumbling will suck down your own family. Dad, you think your, your uh, uh, you know, addictions that you allow yourself to have over to the, on the side and you think you'll get, it won't affect your kids and you know, uh, it's like, no, don't worry, don't worry that however the tent goes, so goes everyone in the tent. And so there is Korah and Dathan and that other guy, and, and they're standing out there with their kids and all, this other, uh, all the other people. And Moses said, hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works and that it has not been of my own accord. And as soon as he finished speaking all these words, the ground under them split apart and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their household and all the people who belonged to Korah and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol, into hell, and the earth closed over them and they perished from the midst of the assembly. Now, I don't think George Lucas depicted a living sinkhole better than this story does. This, this hole opens up with intentionality and with prejudice to make sure that it only devours certain people. And who are the people that it devours? Those who submit to the rumblings of the world around them. 
So how does this story talk to my life or to each of us? Moses represents dependence on the leadership of God and the words of God, reliance on God for affirmation. Korah represents the voice within us that's impatient with God, that's taking matters into its own hands, abandoning doing life God's way, frustration and anger because of unfulfillment, because COVID's still around, or because I'm not getting a pay raise, or because I lost my job. See, Cora represents the voice in each and every one of us of how you would respond to things in your life. And we are faced with this within. Am I going to respond to what God wants me to do or am I going to respond to, to what I want to respond to? Am I going to respond the way that I think I should respond? And that rumbling is going on right now in every single one of us. It really is. It's going, you know, when husband and wife, when you're arguing and you want to give a piece of your mind and there's some, there's, you have a lexicon open that you just could, you know, say whatever you want to say. And you have to decide, am I going to say this Am I going to say this, what God wants me to say, or say it God's way, or, or am, I going to, am I going to say my own thing? Am I going to do my own thing? I mean, why is it that all of a sudden as Christians, it's, it's like I can, I can be ugly against people from the opposite political party in the United States? It's like, oh, well, no, no, that's, that's not Christianity. I mean, no, well, we're talking politics now. I can be ugly. Really? When did you get permission to all of a sudden decide that, uh, oh, when I talk politics, I don't have to talk God's way. I can talk my way. You know? I mean, and, and it, it happens to every one of us. When we go too far like Korah, we create a sinkhole in our soul. And that's the thing. It's not that... I don't have disappointment, I, I, I do have disappointment. It's not that I don't have anxiety, I do have anxiety. It's not that I don't have fear, I do have fear. But there's a point when I go too far with it. I don't think it's a sin to have, to have worry, to have um, anxiety. I mean, I think we all experience part of that being homo sapiens. But it's when we let it go too far. It's when we let it control how we think and how we act and how we respond, and particularly how we respond to the things of God. And Korah, God wasn't angry with Korah because he was disappointed. God wasn't angry with, with uh, the, that other guy because he was, he was angry. No, it's because they decided to come after the voice of God. And every one of us have to decide, have we gone too far? I mean, have we gone too far in America? Is that, yeah, we have differences, but how far do you think we're allowed to go before we find ourselves not fighting Aaron, not fighting Moses, but we find ourselves talking against trusting in God? I mean, that's part of the story. God tells him, he's like, listen, they're not rejecting you, Moses. They're not, Aaron, get over it yourself, man. They're not. They're not angry with you. They're angry with me. That's what this is all about. I've disappointed them. And they want a new, they want a new version of me. When we go too far, we create a sinkhole in our soul. Our anger, our disappointment strikes at the voice and the very principles of God in our lives. And we get devoured. We are one week from a devouring that's going to occur in the United States. 
You say, well, you know, I'm glad it came to church. No, I, you know, I can't stop the rumble. You can't stop the rumble. The question is, is how are you going to respond to the rumble? Even better, are you going to be a part of the rumble? You know, are, 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 we have got to be ready for the moment that's going to come into America. If you think that in 2021, when the clock clicks, click, click, you know, January 1st at 12 o'clock and the ball falls and we're all going to say, screw you, 2020, it's all over, it's a new year, you're fooling yourself. <laughs> it's still going to be here. We're still going to have COVID. We're still going to have political uprising. We're still going to have racism. We're still going to have anger and all that. So the people of God need to learn how to handle rumbling, especially when it gets inside of you, when you become nasty, when you become angry. And I, oh, it, it happens to me. Um, I mean, it, it happens so much. Do you know that this election is going to make 160 million people angry, afraid, or hopeless. 160 million people are not going to like the outcome of this election. That's just about half of the United States. I mean, that's how this election's going. And, and, and half of America is going to feel an eternal, internal rumble. Will we let it go too far within us? Will we yield to it, or will we, like Moses, Trust God. We're just going to trust God for what's going to happen, whether it's my guy or their guy. I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to get caught in a political tent. I'm rather, I'm going to stand with the voice of God. I'm going to stand with the principles of God. So push the election aside and let this speak into your life. How are you standing in your marriage are you speaking into it with the, with the voice of Moses or Korah? In your workplace, are you the Korah voice? I mean, really, are you the Korah voice? Are you the one that's always crap? I'm oh, sorry, I, I, my, I don't have the best language. Uh, are you the, the one that's always dissing? It doesn't sound as impactful, does it? Oh, he dissed me. No, are you the one that's always dogging out your boss? Are you the one that's always complaining about wages? Are you the one that's always angry all the time? And that's what happens to us. I know what it's like. Um, sometimes I just want to strike out. I mean, I got like a big board in the back of my, my vehicle. Big. It's like, what are you going to do with that? I have no idea. I'm just ready to smash somebody's windshield. It's like, what? Whose windshield? I don't know. Just ready to smash a windshield. Just, just know. It's like, wow, uh, how much ammo you got at your house? Some people will tell me, you're, you know what, I got like over 1,500 rounds of, of uh, AR-15 rounds ready to go. Really, what you going to do? Is there a war someplace? You, what you going to do? I'm ready. Who are you going to shoot? I don't know, but I'm going to shoot somebody, you know? It's like, no, you see why we need to get a hold of this right now? We got to decide right now how we're going to respond to disappointment because this church is a half Democrat, half Republican church. You say, well, how's that possible? I don't know, but it is. <laughs> and because there's something bigger than the voice of politics. It's the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And that's what we gotta decide today when, when Wednesday, it is going to friggin' rumble in the United States, okay? I'm not trying to scare you, I'm trying to prepare you. And you've gotta already decide who am I going to stand with? And you gotta decide whether or not you're gonna trust God. Sometimes I wanna do God's job for him. Sometimes I want a pound of flesh. Sometimes I'm sick of waiting on God. Sometimes I just get so angry of God. Sometimes I hate the pain and why doesn't he heal me? It's like a living sinkhole that I know that it will swallow me up if I yield to it. I love Moses. Uh, he doesn't arm wrestle Korah. It's like, no, you didn't. No, he doesn't wrestle him. He doesn't order Moses, uh, Korah to be killed. He, he isn't worried about his future. He said, hey, let's just do this. I know you have an idea on how my life should go, and I know you have an idea on how my life, let's just show up before God and, and see what God decides. Trust in God or trust in Korah? And inside of you, you've got two voices. And you've got enough of God in you. You know, you know what peace feels like. You know what following after God is like. But you also got another voice in you that, that says, get angry. Now, I'm all for justice. But the, the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. And that's out of the book of James is that Korah is not going to accomplish. Korah didn't get anybody to the promised land faster because he rebelled. Moses trusts in God. So which voice are you listening to? How will you respond to the election? How will you respond to the challenges of your life? How will you respond to waiting for God for fulfillment or until COVID-19 is resolved? How will you respond to the rumble and the sinkholes that are appearing around every one of us? I mean, you could, I can just enter into a conversation with somebody. Hey, how's your day going? Well, you know, the stupid deed, we do, boo, boo, boo. It's like, whoa, sinkhole, you know? Uh, let me just say, and this, I don't care how you vote. I'm really, I, I don't know. But if you're voting against somebody because you hate them, the person, you're in a sinkhole. Come up with principle, come up with policy, come up with something deeper than I just don't like the man, okay? If you're not voting for another guy because everybody's convinced you he's got dementia, come on, go deeper than that, you know? I mean, and, and a lot of us, we're, we're just responding out of anger. And it's like, no, don't let that affect, you got one vote to cast, cast it with some intelligence, with some, some, the voice of God speaking into your life. You say, well, then who is that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm serious. It's Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. That's all I know. I never thought a human being was going to bail us out. Did you? I mean, did you really think that, do you really think if the Democrats win everything, you think they're going to make the world a better place? No. I mean, if the Republicans win the whole student match, you think they're going to make it a better place? No. No. Those are just rumblings, tents. But God wants to say, are you sure? And he, you know why he's telling us this right now? It's because it is going to get scary. 
it is going to get scary. And God, just like Moses, is sending me to your tent to tell you, are you standing in the right place? Not, are you voting for the right person? Are you standing in the right place? Are you trusting me? Because there's going to be some sinkholes opening up around here. There's going to be some anger and disappointment and some rioting and some chaos that's going to happen. And you need to remember, I promised I was going to take you to the promised land. And you need to trust in me. That's what God's saying to us today. You know, if you saw a sinkhole, you'd avoid it with your car. If you, one popped up underneath your bed, you'd move into another room or another house. So how about your soul? For me, it's time for me to move from the tent to Korah and declare God's lordship of my, over my life. I don't need to listen to more Fox News. It's a stinking sinkhole. CNN, sinkhole. I mean... People standing out the election booths, you know, they're there with their handouts on all this stuff. Vote for me, vote for me, vote for me, sinkhole. I mean, we need to, over the next couple days, we need to quiet our spirits with our confidence in our Heavenly Father and walk in His ways. So, so how about your soul? Are you going to protect your soul? For me, it's time to redeclare what I believe in God. And that's what we're, go- as we're moving into this moment of expressions. We're going to sing a soul song of declaration. Because what Moses did was he went around, as the rumble was occurring, he went around to people and said, basically, who are you going to trust in? Who do you believe in? Who are you going to stand with? And he gave everybody an opportunity to stand with God. Today, God, in his wisdom, in his love and mercy, is preparing us for the next six months of our lives. He's comparing us. He's like, there's gonna be some sinkholes. There's gonna be some scary things that could swallow you up. There's gonna be some violent things that could swallow you up. There's gonna be some losses that you're going to experience that could swallow you up. But you know, if you stand over here, if you stand with me, even though it goes around you, I will protect you. I will watch over you. You can't stop the ground from rumbling, but you can determine whether or not you're going to stand over a sinkhole or not. Your anger will devour you if you let it. So will your disappointment. Your anxiety will devour you if you feed it. So wherever you get your anxiety from, get away from that tent. If it's the TV, get away from that tent. If it's social media, get away from that tent. How we respond is not what we think about Moses or Aaron or Joe Biden or Donald Trump. How we respond is actually saying to God what we think about him. Remember Moses said it. God said it to Moses and Aaron. Moses don't get upset. They're not, it's, not, it's not you. And Aaron, stop crying. It's not you. They're not rejecting you. It's like, no, this is about me. They don't trust me. So it's not about politics. What God is saying is, do you trust me with your life? So let me encourage you. As you come to communion, here's what you're doing. You're casting your first vote. Your vote on Tuesday, that's your second, third, fourth, or fifth vote, Whatever. But your first vote today 
is when you take that bread in your hands and you take that cup and you remember that Jesus Christ died for, for your salvation, for your life, for your future, to get you to the promised land. When you trust in that, that's, that's your vote. As we sing this song in, it, in its creedal form, and we declare what we believe, we are, with every declaration, uh, declaration, we are taking a step away from Korah, us away from Korah, away from Korah. So let me encourage you in this moment. I'm not asking you to raise your hand if you're gonna vote Democrat or Republican. But I'm gonna ask you that when the ground begins to rumble, where are you gonna stand? Are you gonna join it? Or are you gonna stand with God? Whether it's elections or marriage or family issues or neighbors or personal battles. This is about whether or not we get sucked into a, a living soul sinkhole or whether or not we stand victorious with God. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you so much that you sent your word to every one of our tents and said to us, come on over here. There's gonna be some rumbling. Stand with me. So Father, today we cast our most important vote. We stand with you, Lord. That when I wanna strike out, when I wanna respond, when I wanna say what I wanna say or do what I wanna do, Lord God, I reject the Korah voice in me and I will respond to the voice of God because greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Father, we come into this moment with you now. In Jesus' name.